Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Bonnie Harvey and Mike Houlihan. They are the authors of The Barefoot Spirit, How Hardship, Hustle, and Heart Built America's Number One Wine Brand. It's good to have you with us again. Thank you. Thank you. We're delighted to be here. You were here for our inaugural season, season one. Uh, it was terrific, so it's so good to have uh, repeat customers, as they say. Um, we're going to get into the book in the moment, but you're here because now the book has been turned into an audiobook, and it's different like any other business audiobook on the market. But for anyone not familiar with the book in and of itself, tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's the story of how Barefoot Wine was founded, which is really a unique story. Um, everyone has a unique story mm -hmm. when they're founding a company, but we kind of fell into an opportunity. It wasn't our passion, wine, but we had an opportunity that we really couldn't pass up, and that was $300,000 that was owed to a grape grower that he couldn't collect from the winery. Okay. So Michael was able to collect, trade, bottling services and bulk wine. And so we took that and we took the $300,000 debt, came up with a label, bottled it and went out to sell it. We thought, how long could it take? How hard could it be? <laughs> and? It was and? really hard. <laughs> and it uh, took a long time. Right. And actually, the, the book is about the lessons that we learned the hard way. Right. Because most businesses are founded by founders like us who have preconceived, popularly misconceived notions about how business really works, mm -hmm. you know, and then they find out when they get into it. And so this is a book about learning about business by actually doing it. Right. And so it's a, it's a great educational tool. But you mentioned you weren't in the wine business prior, so this opportunity right. just kind of fell on your lap? We were business consultants. Okay. And I had a client who was a grape grower, and I was taking care of his office, organizing his books and everything, and that's when I discovered he hadn't been paid for his grapes for three years. Mm. Okay, so you said, I'm going to take this and run with it, and did you have any idea, looking back, <laughs> This, this would, you'd be here. <laughs> we thought that we would just, you know, plan A, right? We would bottle it up and sell it, uh, take the money. And run. And be down the road, right. After paying next, the grower back. After paying right. the grower back, right. And, uh, of course, uh, you, you don't just do that. You, you get involved in the marketing, you get involved in the distribution, you get into sure. personnel management. It goes on and on. So it's all the aspects of business, especially any business, not just the wine beverage, because yeah. right. it's so controlled. Sure. Yeah. How long did it take you to sort of make it America's number one wine brand? Oh, that took that took about twenty years. Okay. We but thought it would take three, maybe four. Yeah, we were only off to, by a factor of five. To succeed and to pay our grower back and move on. Uh huh. A factor of five, five, right, five right. times longer than we thought. <laughs> what made you take the opportunity, though? I mean, opportunities present themselves all the time. You guys... It was a big dollar amount. Uh, and if we didn't take it at that moment that it was offered, it was going away. That winery was going bankrupt. Okay. They'd already filed for bankruptcy. There was no money to collect. 
Okay. And the grower said, I have a full-time job as a winemaker. So he did give us his winemaking expertise. Plus, I've got a vineyard that I'm managing. So he gave us his grapes, fronted us his grapes. And he said, I can't take on another business. I guess I'll just have to take the loss. And we said, no. No, right. <laughs> you can't do that. So, you know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. We jumped in. But, but you obviously did your homework. I mean, was it a calculated risk? Did you know you'd succeed? Or did you say, okay, if it doesn't work out, we understand it's a loss. Like, were you prepared for both outcomes? No, we were only prepared for success. Okay, <laughs> good answer. Yeah. As she said, ignorance is bliss. Right. You know, we found out what was involved as we went about it. But probably if we had known what was involved, we probably wouldn't have done it. Is that right? Probably. Okay. I mean, it was way more work than we thought. And it was a different kind of work than we thought. How so? Well, I mean, I was the president and CEO of the company, mm -hmm. but I was down on my knees on the linoleum in, yeah. in Publix 365 in Tallahassee, Florida, right. with the a pricing gun in my hand. The supermarket, pulling right my own wine out of boxes and pricing them because I knew yeah. that if it wasn't priced, it couldn't sell, and if it didn't sell, that the big buyer in Lakeland would say Barefoot's not selling and discontinue it. Wow. So the misconception is if a winery or any producer sells their product uh, to a distributor, the distributor's gonna do all that work. The distributor's gonna sell it to the retailer and if it sells, the retailer's going to replace the product on the shelf. Right. Not the case. No, Not no the pun case. intended. Well, you would think logically that if somebody had a financial investment in the product, that it would be to their financial interest You'd think. to price it and put it on the shelf. Right. You wouldn't think that they wouldn't do that. Right, but I guess it's hard. You're relinquishing control, but clearly you're... you're no, we had to take control. You had to take control, is what I'm saying, control, based yeah. on this anecdote, right? Every aspect, all everyone that touched our product, all we had to be States. there. Right, yeah. but, it, but it paid off, um, yes, clearly. C-Suite Radio. And you're back because you've now turned the book into an audiobook. Yes. Um, audiobooks exist, but you guys are doing something very different. Tell yes. us about it. Yeah, well... Um, most audiobooks are read to you. This audiobook is performed for you. So you're not listening to someone droning the book in your ear. You're listening to 25 characters playing 130 different parts. Right. With scenes and outcomes and attitudes and voice intonations and sound effects and music. Wow. So you're actually, it's mm -hmm. kind of like a 1945 uh, radio theater. So it's much more engaging than just listening to a book. Right. Now you're in an audio theater. You're part of the action. Mm -hmm. And the idea here was that the best way to convey a business principle is through story. And the best way to convey story is through business theater. Yeah. So Converting a business concept into a theatrical performance was the real challenge. It's so cool. I mean, it's business audio theater. I was so excited exactly. to yeah. start reading about it, or listening about it, hearing about it. Um, there's nothing else there's like nothing it. There's nothing else like it. So yeah. you have a full casting crew. This is a production. This is yeah. a theater production, essentially. And I like, you know, you're not just hearing it, you're experiencing it. Yes. So, 3D audio. 3D audio, right. You took the words out of my mouth. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. It's 3D audio. So how did this idea come about? You know, we're speakers because after we built the brand and we sold it, 
we wrote the New York Times bestseller the last time we were here with you. Right. We had just mm -hmm. got the New York Times bestseller in business. And so then we went on a speaking tour. We went all over the United States and we went around the world. We spoke at over 60 schools to teach entrepreneurship. About four years ago, we noticed that people were coming into the auditoriums with buds in their ears. And we said, well, what are you listening to? You know, is it rock? Is it hip hop? What is it? And they said, oh no, I'm listening to War and Peace. Or another lady would say, oh no, I'm listening to a podcast on how to improve my business. Right. And so we thought, well, gee, audiobooks, you know, they're really amazing. Because we used to have cassettes and then we had CDs. So audio has been around for a while, but now the MP3 format really makes it convenient because you can just have yeah. it on your phone. And we wanted to get our message out to the greatest number of people. Sure. Because our story isn't just about wine, but it's about starting a business. Right. And it could be any business. Yeah. So in order to reach more people, we went where the people are wearing the buds. Right. But you could, you could have done a traditional audiobook, but you're not. I mean, this business audio theater. We don't do anything theater, traditionally. You, that, right. That, well, that's, that's true. That's, a, that's an interesting story because when we decided to do audiobook, we listened to a few. We listened to business audiobooks, and they were like, here's the three things you got to do, the five things to never do, the 28 things your customer wants from you, right? right? Prescriptive text, basically. And we thought, you know, this is single dimensional. And they were all like read to you. And we thought, you know, if you really want to engage people, the new mobile generation, you've got to entertain them. True. They have to say, oh, this is fun. I can't wait, you know, for the next installment, you know, in this series. I've got to see if Michael and Bonnie are going to go to jail or if they're going to pay ridiculous taxes or they're going to get closed down. What's going to happen? See? Yeah. So kind of like a cliffhanger. Right. So we put this book together like that. Uh, and, and anybody who started any business will tell you that week by week, it's a cliffhanger, right. you know, for the first two or three years while you're learning what you're doing and you're trying to overcome all the problems with personnel mm -hmm. and finance. So right. we got this idea that this would be a great way to educate people in a company yes. about how the company started. Mm -hmm. Because if the founders are not that much different than you, well then you can identify with the founders. But does this exist, this platform of business audio theater, or audio theater, does this exist for traditional books and you guys are the first business book to employ this? That's correct. Okay. So, yeah. so it is out there. I didn't really even know about it. Well, it's, it's out there for fiction. Okay. Yeah. But With a full cast. Full cast, but, right. But not for business. Not this for business. This is the first time it's been applied to business. That's exciting. I mean, you guys are yeah. really pushing the envelope. You're doing something. Mean, this is the future. Maybe our future episodes will be business audio theater. I love it because it, it's a production, right? I Absolutely. Mean, it's it's a, a full production. You've, you've Ed Asner. In this, yeah. you some big time <laughs> names. The guy's years old. That's incredible. How did you get him? He was part of this ensemble that we were talking to in Los Angeles. Sherwood and, players. And mm -hmm. Matt Wineglass, of all names, uh, <laughs> says, would you, like, would you like to yeah. have Ed Asner playing the snarky supermarket buyer who throws you out, but then ultimately opens the door for barefoot success? Right? Yeah. Because as he's kicking you out the door, he's telling you what's wrong with it. And if you're smart enough to remember it or take notes, then you know what's right with it. Right. And so uh, he was perfect for this part because he's grumpy and he's kind of fed up and snarky and sarcastic. So 
uh, he said, you know, I'm 90, but you know, I, I don't want to miss anything new, yeah. and this is the latest uh -huh. thing. To give everybody an idea of the scope of this, uh -huh. it's seven hours long, right? This is a seven hour theater production, and it's broken down into 10, 25, and 45 minute episodes. That's correct. Yes. But I'm curious, I mean, all the, this cast, this huge cast involved, you created more voices than you had, or were you? Was this a book that had you know a need for this it many had different? Conversation right. in the book. Okay. I was curious. Right. You know, what if what if you're someone who wants to do this, but there's only two characters and there's only two voices? You know, you guys made this into a huge production because you were able to. We have uh, script writers that can talk to founders and have them tell the script writer a story or two that exemplifies or demonstrates a point that they want to make to their employees. Okay. And, you know, basically... That's the next step. So, right. So we can take it directly from the founder onto audio script, so we don't have to necessarily convert an existing book. Because what you're trying to do with this is, is you're trying to create an onboarding tool. That's yes. correct. Right? So yes. tell us about that, because you don't necessarily need a book to do that, right? You were saying no. onboarding, perhaps, you know, if you're in a new employee at a company, you're trying to take your business audio theater at a company and they go through the new training process using this medium. Well, when a new employee or even an existing employee understands what the concept was from the founder, what the principles were and all the challenges and, and what that founder had to overcome, they're more engaged. Yeah. And when they're more engaged, they work together as a team better. So you've got more team spirit, you've got uh, more uh, engagement, and they're going to be more inventive and more innovative because that's what the founder was. Um, it also greatly reduces turnover. Turnover is the number one hidden cost of any business. So that's why we wanted to offer what we've learned and what we've already done uh, to other founders, to yeah. preserve the founder's history and right. story. I'm thinking if I was a new employee, I'd love to listen to something like this that's engaging yes. and entertaining as opposed to exactly. just the flat, traditional new training you know, a new you higher can, training, yeah. let's say. And you can hear it. You don't have to read it. Yeah. Which you have to be stationary. You can't be doing anything else. But you can be riding on your bike or on the bus or changing your baby's diaper. Yeah. And you can hear it without it distracting you elsewhere. So for anyone who's not familiar with your brand or your book, would you suggest they read the book or listen to the new audiobook? Well, I would suggest they listen to the audiobook. It's very entertaining. They're going to they're gonna really love being immersed in this story. Right. And, and you were saying, Bonnie, that the whole goal here with this business audio theater, this is about sort of increasing engagement at companies and reducing yes. turnover. Is that right? Exactly. Um, business audio theater can be used by any founders. And it can preserve their story. It can preserve their spirit. It can engage people. And uh, we'd be happy to help. Absolutely. <laughs> We've done it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a one-time investment, you know, for many lifetimes worth of use. Right. Uh, you know, when people are hired, right, the cement is wet. You can move it with a trowel. But when they've been there a few days, the cement gets hard and you need a jackhammer. So the question is, during that very tenuous period where you first meet the new employee, what do you tell them? 
you know, what, what kind of conclusions do they draw about the expectations of the business or, you know, what is the philosophy of the business? Right. Yes. And that's so important going forward because it might be the difference between why the accounting people talk to the engineering people to make a sale happen or not. Right, right. See, so it, it's, it really breaks down the barriers between the cells. Because yes. yeah. everybody goes, hey, we're all on the same team, we're all part of this you know, founder, he started in his garage, he ran up his credit cards, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. And I think the point to be made is that you don't need to have a book or be an author to That's utilize right. business audio theater. You're saying this can be used by any company, any CEO, in terms of onboarding, training, new employees, just sort of telling a story, whether that be a company story, a personal story, uh, and having a, a new way or a new a way to achieve it. Right, we think that it creates engagement and appreciation. And when you're working for a company and you know that these people who started it, they're just like you. They, they ran out of money, they were overextended, you know, they didn't understand some of the problems they were up against and then they had to cleverly solve these problems. You have more respect for them. Yeah. And you have more respect for the company. Yeah. Um, and uh, like Bonnie was saying, you know, you don't really need to have a book we have a New York right. Times best-selling author right. who can work right with the founder and turn that directly into screenplay. And it doesn't have to be seven hours long, you know, it can be three hours long, mm -hmm. whatever. But we do like the idea of half-hour segments because of people's attention span and also commute time. Right, right. So. But it's just, it's an alternative to training or whatever the onboarding process is for your particular company. It's, yes, it's, it's an it's addition. And it's a one-time expense, yes. which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I did want to mention Audi Awards, right? You guys were finalists at the Audi Awards? Yes. That's Tell right. us about that. That's right. Well, that's why we're in New York. Oh. Uh, we're here because we were uh, a finalist in the business and personal growth category uh, from the Audio Book Producers Association. Great. And so uh, they have like 1,300 applicants. I think they have like 20 different categories. And in our category, there was only five. And so Five we were, finalists. And wow. we were very happy to be one of them, yeah. let me tell you, because we're independently produced, Footnotes Press, nobody ever heard of it yet. But they have now. <laughs> we're up against, you know, Macmillan and Harper right. and all those big boys. So for us to get even a nod was really important, and for us to actually win finalists was yeah, great. Yeah, it's an honor being nominated. Well, it's terrific, and it's unique, and it's something new and fresh and exciting. And I was so just thrilled to see something new. You know, you always wonder what the next big thing is going to be, and this is yes. uh, this is something. You're onto something. So yes, uh, thank you. Wish you guys all the success in the world. What's what's next? The next step for us is to make this onboarding tool available to the HR uh, departments of the largest companies in the United States. Well, congratulations again. It's exciting, and we can't wait to hear what comes next. If you'd like more information on the book and the audiobook, please check out our website at csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Sweet Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.